Well, I've got my little sidekick here with me. Chris is purring again. I hadn't been home. I wasn't home last night, and then I worked all day today, so he was missing me. So he's, like, super smothery, like, just following me everywhere, and he has his food, and his litter box is nice and clean, but he just needs mommy. Um, and we're also... He has he made a little friend because we're looking after Gibby, Katie's bunny. He's a cute little bunny rabbit. I've I've never had a pet bunny. I remember my friend Christina, like Christina Schultz. She was Christina Ward growing up. Like I've known her forever. And she's she's always been like a really good friend for me. And she she like does not like animals and so we were always kind of <laughs> would argue about that because I love animals I don't like I like dogs okay I need to talk I need to talk about dogs but just hold on a second but I do like animals I like all animals um not necessarily in my house or on my lap but I love them all but cats they're they're always yes like cats (laughs) cats have special permission in my life but bunnies Whenever I think about a pet bunny, I think of Christina because when she was growing up, her parents, I don't know, like, they, you know, parents kind of go through that phase where they're like, our kids are ungrateful and lazy and we need, we need to sign them up for something. So she and her sister's brother, they got forced to do, is it called 4-H club where they have to like adopt an animal and like show them and stuff and Christina like slunk around kicking shadows in the streets. Like she's like, I don't want an animal. And so she's like, fine. The only thing I can think of is a bunny because it's small and fluffy. <laughs> but if anyone knows bunnies, they're, <laughs> they're small and fluffy, but they're like, they're like, they, they scamper. Like you can't pick them up. <laughs> Scratch your eyes out. So sorry. I can't even tell the story. So she was forever traumatized and she kept bringing it up. Okay, Susie, get a grip. And, <laughs> and the visual is so funny. Because she's like not an animal person at all. And she was just totally dragged into this by her parents. This sullen teenager that has to adopt an animal for the 4-H club. And she picked up the bunny and it just totally destroyed her. It just scratched her out. Anyway. Okay, anyway. I have a grip. So... We're looking after Gibby, Katie's bunny, and he's in a cage, thank goodness, because I'm scared, <laughs> scared from Christina's story. Um, but yeah, so I open up the cage, and I give him some water, and I give him some hay, and some kibbles, and his his food looks exactly like his poo. <laughs> I know that humans, I know that we eat Mr. Big and O'Henry, like I get that sometimes Mexican food looks a little bit brown and yellow. But for the most part, we have like a nice variation of the rainbow. It doesn't look like what comes out. So for bunnies, like it's confusing. Like I don't know. I don't, I don't actually don't know what what to take out and what to leave behind. Anyway, so um, when I came home from work today, I, I popped in this morning uh, when I drove home from my friend's house and just before work and just like changed the air conditioner water. <laughs> it's like a super old air conditioner. It fills up with water like every three hours. And I changed that out and 
gave Chris some kibbles and scooped his poops and got him all cozy. And then I fed Gibby and gave him some love. And I feel like Ace Ventura in here, seriously. Jim Carrey. I don't know if you guys are even old enough to know that movie, but it's one of my favorite movies where he's like, he does like the kind of like the squat lunge and he puts his arms in the air and he's like, oh, (laughs) all these like birds and animals come toward him. Like he's in the Garden of Eden. But, um, but dogs, dogs bug me. They're so needy. And I like cats because like when Jake was over the other day, we were laughing because like he gets it. Um, cats are, they don't need us. Like they, they, they might need us, but they don't let on that they do because if they let on that they do, then there goes their whole existence because they don't want us to know that they need us. And I don't like being needed. Like it's suffocating. So like if a but a dog, the dog's like, <laughs> like all over you, like jumping up on you, like need me, love me, touch me, feed me, love me, touch me, and like licking me and like sniffing my crotch and like just all over me and up in my grill and I just want space and more cats are like, we go to them and we're like, oh, Chris, I just had a bad day and I just need to snuggle you. Well, the more that we need to snuggle the cat, the more that they will not snuggle. They'll be like, mm, no, you know what? I don't, I'm not feeling it today. And I feel like I'm going to go sniff this little brown spot in the corner and I'm just going to sit here for a little bit. And then we go follow the cat over to the brown spot in the corner and we pretend to care about it, but they don't care. They don't care about the brown spot. They don't care about us. They'll just go outside and no, you know what? We're not into this. And then we have to like follow them out. And then we pick them. We're getting more determined and more frustrated. So we pick them up and then they like arch their back and do the gingerbread man in our arms and leave a clump of fur behind and a couple toenails. And we're like, okay, this is pointless. Cats, they come to us, you know? So that's what I've got right now. Chris is pressing his big, messy, obese body up against mine right now being he when we were in the house he was loving life he was like scampering around the backyard and I think you guys know that I lost him a couple times and that was stressful because he's Callum's treasure and so well I mean he's my treasure too but Callum especially those two are tight so being stuck in an apartment yeah it's definitely probably not great for his BMI index but you know what it's temporary we'll get him where he needs to be we're getting back on the Nutrisystem diet. And like, yeah, and cats, like all they eat are brown kibbles day in and day out, day in and day out. Like, I just can't imagine living a life like that. This is not where I wanted my podcast episode to go. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, okay. Um, I do like how it's quite chipper and positive. Yesterday was awesome. We, I had a really good weekend. I worked Friday night really late. I was so tired. I came home and then Chris kept me up all night long. He just wanted to snuggle and I was really frustrated with him. But you can't be too frustrated when a little kitty wants to snuggle. Big kitty. And then um, I woke up and um, just jam-packed Saturday full of stuff because it was my day off and Andrew had the boys. So I was like, this is Susie's day. So what did I do? I went for a long run. Um, I got a treadmill over at Tracy's house. Um, it's like the nicest treadmill I've ever owned. I just like, life is so amazing how it's working out like that. I just, it blows me away. I don't want to talk about it because I know that I'm coming across kind of nauseating. And then, um, and then I drove out to Abbotsford, um, hang out with my friend, 
John and he took me to the beach. We went to White Rock Beach. We went swimming in the ocean. It was funny because we were like, well, the tide was in and like, you know, the Pacific Ocean is kind of gross. Like There was like seaweed everywhere, but it was so hot. And we're like, well, let's just go for it. Like, why would we come all the way out here and not go for it? So we did. And as soon as we crossed over the gross rocks and seaweed and we got into like the soft sand and it was totally fine. It was awesome. It was so fun. Then we got some food. Then we went back to his house. And I, I, um, he has a kitten, a new kitten. And that kitten kept me awake all night long. So I slept like two hours and had to, I still have morning voice right now. I, I drove home um, really early in the morning. So we both had to get up for work and kind of got my crap together. And then I worked a full day and it was a good day. It was good. It was good. Um, but I'm just really tired now. (laughs) So, but it was an awesome weekend. Like it was good. And then, um, yeah. So here we are. Katie, um, left her bunny behind. She's having a good weekend too. She's in Tofino with her friend. And then the Van Dykes are all going to Kelowna. They're renting out a house and having a good, good vacation time there. And I'm going to look after Gibby and make sure that he is not scratching my eyes out. But, um, yeah, so, like, the whole pet thing, I, I've i had dogs before. Um, oh, I hear sirens. Great. We live in a really great neighborhood. Oh, my goodness. This morning when I got into the elevator, and I was in the elevator at, like, 6 o'clock in the morning, there was, like, this huge... I put it on Instagram, so if you guys don't see my Instagram, then I'm just going to tell you the story for the first time here, but... There was like this huge Rubbermaid container, like one of those huge, huge ones. And it was sitting in the elevator, just sitting in the elevator by itself. And I was like, hmm. So I took a video of it, put it on my Instagram stories. Like, is there a dead body in there? Like, what's in there? And we live in a really bad neighborhood. And our elevator has often broke down in the middle of the floors. It's beyond me why I even take that thing. But, um, yeah, I have, the mystery remains undetermined because I have no idea what was in that thing. <laughs> Someone wrote to me, they're like, Chris, she's like, you should look in it. You should have looked in it. Like, go back and see. I'm like, I'm not opening that up. There's no way. I'm way too scared. It's not going to happen. But um, I'm so sidetracked right now. Okay, so animals, dogs. So I used to have dogs. I love dogs. They're great. Um, I've had a few favorites. We had a, or actually Jason's family had a dog named Barkley. He was on the Fido ads. He was a British bulldog. He was so cute. And Jason and Natasha have this new dog. It's a French bulldog. And I just met her for the first time a couple of days ago. Her name is Stella and she's so cute. Um, but I personally, like when Laura and I go running along the dike, we're on the trails and like a lot of people think, oh, we're on the trails. So we can just let our dogs run free. And, you know, like I know a lot of people consider their dogs to be their family, you know, like they're dog, they're dogters and that's fine. No, I love it. I think that's great. And more power to them. And like, they are so therapeutic and so like, oh my goodness, just amazing. I'm not taking anything away from that. But what I don't, totally love (laughs) it's when Laura and I are running along the trail like it's kind of cold November December January kind of weather and we're shelling out like $120 for like north face leggings and these dogs come running up to us and jump up 
on us with their like thick gnarly toenails and the owners are like oh don't worry they're friendly like that's great that they're friendly but they're jumping up on my fucking okay if I had my kids if my kids were there with me would I just let Callum and Jesse and like Jake, Freddie and Katie just like go jump up on people like oh don't worry they're friendly they're not gonna bite you in the neck or in the face I don't think that's like is that the only thing that we're concerned about okay well, let's make sure they're not gonna bite us in the neck or the face okay great so then they're friendly but they leave like mud streaks and snags and it's just inappropriate and rude <laughs> so I don't know. I've always wanted to, I've always wanted to do that. Like just tell Callum to just like go jump up on those people and be like, Hey, um, just can you, Callum, can you just do me a favor and just like go jump up on those people, the dogs and just be like, and then I can yell back. Oh, it's okay. He's friendly. (laughs) Just see their reaction. (laughs) It'd be so funny. Or just like Callum pulls his pants down or me pull my pants down the middle of a path and just take a, just take a big jump. (laughs) Like, have a plastic bag out. It's okay. I got it. I got it. Don't worry. I'm picking up after myself. Like, it's just weird. I don't know. And I know that cats go poops in the litter box. Like, and that's disgusting, too. It is disgusting. It's gross. Animals are gross. So I'm not going to judge. But, um, you know, we just, we're just doing the best that we can with what we've got. I can't stop laughing. I'm in a funny mood. There's one thing that I wanted to tell you guys, though. Um... I I know that I'm positive and happy and all that stuff, but I just want to like lay this out here that there's, this is my disclaimer that as much as, um, I am positive and say like how much I love my job and how good life is and all that stuff. I'm, I'm still feeling like terrible and I'm still grieving and I'm feeling a lot of pain and I'm like, I, I email Andrew some pretty nasty emails and because I'm really fucking pissed off. <laughs> so I just kind of wanted to put it out there. I don't want to concentrate on it because like, okay, my friend Keith and Keith, if you're listening to this, which I don't think he'd listen to it because he's so sick of me talking his ear off. So if he's actually going to listen to this, like I really doubt it. But Keith from Calgary, it's a good friend of mine. And he gave me the most incredible advice once. And I think I've written about it, but just in case you guys haven't heard it, may this resonate with you and stick with you and help you because it's really changed my life. I am positive, not because that's the only thing that I feel, but because I have spent a lot of time blowing out more trauma. Okay. This is okay. I'll just tell you what Keith told me. I would like a few months ago before I left when I was trying when Andrew and I were separated in the house and I was really struggling and just like I was hanging on by my fingernails at the edge of a cliff you know that feeling and I was like begging Andrew and trying so hard to convince him and just like okay like do you realize how much I love you like let's make this work let's like you know like let's do this and And every single time I would give like that, it would be like squeezing the last milliliter of water from the sponge that's been dry for like 10 years. 
it's, it was like so painful and I would try, it would be like last ditch effort and then it would get thrown back in my face. And Keith's like, okay, imagine you and Andrew are driving inside of a car and you've, you've lived through trauma and you're, instead of blowing it out the back through your exhaust pipe, you're blowing it back inside of the car again. So when you have these conversations with Andrew, like you're trying so hard. Okay, let's make this work. Let's make this family work. Let's do this. And then it gets thrown back in your face. All you're doing is you guys are just breathing in more trauma. You can't heal if you just keep breathing it in and blowing it inside of your vehicle. You have to blow it out the exhaust pipe. And I don't know about you guys, but I am so like just having a visual. I'm super visual person and having that visual has been extremely helpful. Yes, I still to this day not to this specific day, but you know, the present time period, I cave sometimes. Sometimes I like have a few glasses of wine and I just fucking lose it. And I email him. I'm like, what? Like, why did you, what, why? Like, that's just blowing trauma inside of the car. It never, ever works ever. Mark my words. Every single time I do that, all I'm doing is I'm breathing in more trauma. So having that in my head has been super healing for me and just making things clear. And that part of my life is over. That's rear view mirror stuff. You know, like you look in your rear view mirror, it's back there. Blow it out the exhaust pipe. Don't rehash it. Don't try and sell it. Don't try and hang on to it. Don't white knuckle it. Don't try and convince anybody. Don't try and fix anything. Just like move forward. So as, so I'm, I'm telling you guys this because I'm feeling like just kind of hyper aware that, um, I sound nauseating lately just because I'm like so positive and I'm telling everyone how much I love my job and like how much I love my life and how it's free and safe and, I feel so loved and none of that is false. Like it's a hundred percent true and it's blowing me away and I'm going to keep saying it. I'm not going to stop because I'm, I'm literally blown away, but it does not take away from the fact that yes, I am feeling pain and there is a little, like there's a lot of pain that I still feel and and a lot of grieving that I'm going through and all that. And I, I just don't want to focus on it. Like, I just don't want to talk about it. I can talk about it if it's going to help somebody. So you guys can, like, say, hey, like, you're nauseating. Like, But I don't want to sit here and, oh, it's so hard. No, because it's not, like, it doesn't help me. It doesn't help us. It doesn't, it's just, it just, it's like breathing in the trauma. And I don't want to. So I just wanted to say that. I just feel like. When I was listening to my podcast episodes before, I was like, ooh, I was kind of cringing a little bit because I kept saying like, oh, like, oh, my life is so good and oh, everything is okay and oh, my job is amazing and it is and I'm not taking anything away from that, but I just, I want, I just want to kind of like check in with you guys and just make sure that you understand that that's why I'm saying I'm focusing on that. It's, I'm feeling everything, but I'm focusing on that because that's what's going to get me moving forward and healing, right? Does that make sense? We're in cahoots. Okay, good.
Okay, I've bladdered on, blabber, blabbered, blabbered on. Um, I'm going to read just like a couple things that I had written lately um, off of Instagram. So give me a second. Let's see. Oh, there's Katie. She's so cute. I think I read, um, I read about my boobs already. That was a funny one. It was good. Okay, I don't think I've, I don't think I've read this one aloud yet. I hope I haven't. So awkward if I have, but whatever. It was a good one. It was 1984 and I was in grade one. I sat front and center in my metal desk so my teacher could keep an eagle eye on me. And I remember one morning, the girl behind me threw up and it was filled with tomatoes. Sure, it was gross, but the thing that stuck with me the most all these years was the confusion I had over the barf content. Because if I threw up at 11 a.m., it would not be tomatoes. It would be toast and honey, or maybe a wagon wheel if I got lucky at recess. But tomatoes? No. Each one of us carries who we are. A concoction of sorts, a brew. Ingredients brought in from our culture, ancestors, habits, function, and dysfunction. We all get sick days where it all comes out for everyone to see. Hey, I've barfed some weird shit. The truth comes out. It always does. We can hide. We can pretend. We can stuff it. We can fake it. But we're human. And so once in a while, we throw up all over our metal desk. If it's not gross, it just means we got lucky at recess. Did you guys ever have wagon wheels? Those were so good. I had this friend named Tracy Crossman. She used to suck her thumb. It was grade five. And she had one of those like spikes the roof of her mouth so that she couldn't suck her thumb. And sorry, I'm choking. I love how I just choked on my own spit. And so she couldn't stick her thumb in her mouth because she had like the spike and it kind of impeded her speech. I was so weird like what we did 20 years ago, hey? Okay, 20 years ago? Maybe 30. 30 years ago. Oh my goodness, that's crazy. So, Tracy was awesome. She was so funny, and we sat together, and I, she always had a wagon wheel every single lunch, and I don't know what I would trade with her. I don't know what she would want out of my lunch. I always had, like, the lamest lunch. My mom was always on a diet. Don't even get me started on this, actually. I had the lamest lunch ever. I was like starving to death every day. I would go home and eat like an entire box of Eggo waffles or an entire box of Cinnamon Toast Crunch. But um, yeah, she would have wagon wheels and I just thought they were the most amazing things like chocolate covered marshmallow cookie. Can you get better than that in the middle of the fucking day? It was awesome. Okay. Anyways, um, I just dropped an F-bomb so I feel uncomfortable. Okay. Um. Then the next one. Oh, yeah, this was interesting. Okay. I spent a lot of my life looking down, apologizing for my existence. But in this frame, while I am looking down, I'm not apologizing. I'm just watching my footing. A woman stopped me on the trail today. She asked me how far I was going. I told her exactly how far I have come and how much I had left. And she found herself to be in the exact same situation. And she hugged me. I lost love, sure. And I grieve it like you do not even know. 
but I have also found love over and over and over again. For our existence, we look up. For our footing, we look down. I love that. I just remember when years ago, I would always, oh, like all my, I think I've, I know I've written about this before, but I'm not sure if I've talked to you guys about this before, but Boston 2010, did I run it in 2010? Yeah. I went back in 2011 with Laura, but I ran it in 2010, I think. Yes. All my photos, I'm looking down every single one of them. And you know how many people, how many photos they take? At Boston, they take like, I don't know, 40. And every single one of them, I'm looking down. It's kind of brutal. That's when I was, I started therapy then. And therapy's been amazing. So if you guys are thinking about therapy, go. You just have to find a good therapist. And good luck with that. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Um, this is a funny one. It's about poo. And I know you guys love this stuff. Andrew took the boys at 4.30. At the peak of the heat of the afternoon, bless his heart. And so since this was, this was my only chance to run, I did. Except after 20 plus years of running, you'd think I'd know by now that fueling for a later afternoon run in 35 degree heat is pretty much the catalyst for that morning's serial exorcism. And so at the five mile halfway mark, when I felt that familiar gurgling and twisting of the intestines, I promptly panicked and scoped out my surroundings for a poop palace. Coast was clear. I decided I'd use my underwear to wipe, so I whipped off my shorts, yanked off my undies, and crouched into the brush. As I grabbed my underwear to wipe, I realized in that moment that I had been standing in some weird vegetation filled with miniature burrs, those tiny little thorn balls that snag onto humanity like Velcro with an exceptional disposition to thong underwear and Lululemon running shorts. I sat there in the squat position and stared at my burr-infested underwear, wondering if it might just be better to not wipe. But then, shuddering with the memories of all the other unwipes of runs gone by, I wiped. And burrs lay where they lay, and I lived to tell about it. Not only that, but I stood there stark naked from the waist down and noticed a cyclist coming at me from the right and a runner coming up on the left. I had to move fast. I stood there and frantically plucked each and every burr out of the lining of my shorts, and although it was tempting to sacrifice the vag sighting for a photo of my exact situation, I decided against immorality and concentrated on the burr removal. Except I couldn't. The runner and the cyclist were coming up on me fast, and I had to make the executive decision to pull my shorts on, burrs and all. I got back to the van and dumped hand sanitizer all over my body and prayed to the Junkatalia gods to preserve the important parts, which you'd think would be something other than my Lululemon shorts, but hey, they're pricey. So that was my latest poo story. It was, that that was like, that was pretty bad. I haven't had like a poo situation in a long time. I'm, I'm, I'm really not sure what happened there, but just sometimes, I don't know. The, the intestines do what they do. I think it had something to do with heat and running in the later afternoon. Not sure. Anyway, um, what else? 
I'm just kind of scrolling through my Instagram. Oh, yeah. So uh, I've, I got a treadmill. Uh, Tracy had a treadmill at her house, and I, I'd, I'd run on that sometimes. But they rearranged their garage. Like, they have, like, oh, my goodness. That's where we were going to live. I don't know if any of you guys know that. But Tracy and Jim, they're amazing. And when I was planning my escape, um, I was going to stay in their trailer. It's, like, a 1962 bowling trailer bowler I don't know is that so cute and it's parked in like this big outbuilding which we call the garage but it's much bigger than a garage and that's where we were gonna stay oh and then Jason my first ex-husband offered for us to like stay there if we needed to which was amazing but then we had this opportunity to move into this apartment which is obviously a lot better than those two situations and Jason's like thank God I did my good Samaritan deed and I didn't have to follow through with it. <laughs> Can you imagine how awkward it would be? Um, but yeah, so Tracy and Jim have this outbuilding and Jim's so cool. It's her husband. He has like this, he has his own brewery in the outbuilding. So that would work out quite nicely if we stayed there. But um, yeah, they have a treadmill back there. So at the beginning, the boys would go, like, kind of in the brewery, like, this pub area. They would sit and play on their iPads, and I'd run on the treadmill. But they rearranged their, their garage, and I guess the treadmill didn't make the move. Like, it kind of just didn't survive it. <laughs> so I went on it last time, and I literally, like, almost flew off the edge. Um, I was unable to get my treadmill from the house. And so, so, <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> it was good timing. Um... <laughs> So I was able to get another treadmill secondhand recently, and it's the nicest treadmill I've ever owned. It's karma, baby. Not that I, okay, I'm not a good person. Like, I've made a lot of mistakes. So, and trust me, I've lived through a lot of the karma from those mistakes. Um, But yeah, it, it just, I don't know. It just feels like right now I'm just feeling really blessed and I hate that word so if you can think of another word besides blessed then just text it to me and I'll use that next time but yeah so I have this treadmill and it's awesome and I've got it in this covered area Tracy and Jim's which I'm just sure they super appreciate (laughs) so um one day when we sell the house and I go buy something they can bring that treadmill over there I love it start fresh start new right it's gonna be good Anyway, I should wrap this up. Thank you for listening to me, you guys, nattering on and on. And I'm quite happy that this was, like, more positive. It just feels more positive of a episode. And I'm literally running on two and a half hours of sleep. But the reason why is because of a kitten. So can you really get mad at a kitten? No. So it's a good life. All's good. Chris has passed out beside me. He's like, Mommy... He doesn't know if he wants me to feed him or go to sleep. So I think I'm probably going to go to bed soon. And um, if you guys have a long weekend, I hope you had a really, you're having a really good long weekend. And if you don't, because I think we have a holiday tomorrow. So the Canadians up here are going to be enjoying that. And I hope you guys are all staying safe and healthy. And I think of you, all of you guys. And I love all your messages. And I hope that I can be there for you as much as you're there for me. And we are all in this together. I love you to bits. Okay? Okay. Talk to you later.